Welcome, everyone, to Prairie Doc Radio. We're glad to have you listening. Uh, my name is Joni Holm, and we have two in-guest in studios. Uh, Megan, okay, tell me again. Lovacek. Get real close there. Lovacek. I was going to, you know, I was trying. And she is a healthy foods coordinator with the Department of Health here in the state and a registered dietitian. And we also have Jen Anderson, who is an assistant professor in communication studies, and she specializes in health communications. And Rick, if it's okay with you, let's ask our guest to tell the audience exactly why they're here right now uh, to talk about breastfeeding in Brookings. Right. Jen. Sure. <laughs> so we are partnered with the South Dakota State Department of Health, and they are working on a breastfeeding-friendly businesses initiative. And really what that looks like is that we're asking businesses to take a pledge to say that they will support customers who are breastfeeding in their uh, establishment and that they will also do everything they can to support employees who need to pump breast milk at work. And those are actually just two... Uh, prongs of it because those are the laws. There's a state law that protects women breastfeeding anywhere that they are legally allowed to be. And there's a federal law that requires employers to provide adequate time and space to employees to pump for up to a year after the baby is born. And so what we're really asking is just that businesses make it public and make it known that they're aware of these laws and that they've done what they can to um, enact them and provide support to women in our community who are breastfeeding. Right. Well, we, we're, we're in favor of <coughs> breastfeeding. And, and uh, Megan, you're a dietitian. Mm -hmm. Why don't you explain why we are so in favor of, of breastfeeding? Well, we know that there are numerous health benefits to the mom, the child, but also we know there are benefits to the employer. Um, for the baby, we know that breastfeeding can actually um, allow for fewer or less severe instances of illnesses, such as diarrhea, ear infection, respiratory tract infection. It can decrease the risk of a child getting type 1 and type 2 diabetes, childhood leukemia, sudden infant death syndrome. We even know that it can decrease their risk for um, childhood and adult obesity. So there's absolutely huge benefits for the baby, but also for the mom. We have found that a mom that breastfeeds has a decreased risk of developing um, type 2 diabetes, breast and ovarian cancer. Um, they have a decreased risk of getting postpartum, de postpartum depression. Um, it also helps moms to um, get back to their pre-pregnancy weight, and it's a financial benefit for families as well with not having to purchase formula. So um, why would it be helpful to the employer? Yes, um, we research shows that um, employees, mothers who have support from their employers to breastfeed and to have that time and space they need, have higher productivity, they have increased organizational loyalty to their business. Um, the business tends to have improved recruitment and retention rates if they have a breastfeeding program. Um, greater job satisfaction, as I said, but we've also found from the customer standpoint that breastfeeding moms will patronize businesses that they know are supportive of them nursing their child right so but you s you spoke Jen uh, earlier about the law mm -hmm. I mean that surprises me there's a law that mm -hmm. I mean we've we've made a law in the state explain that a little mm -hmm. bit further so it is a new law it was passed last summer in 2015 and the law essentially protects women who are breastfeeding in a public space and says that they are allowed to do that in any place that they are legally allowed to be prior to that we had had a law that passed in 2002 that was simply stati stating that breastfeeding is not considered indecency so all what South Dakota had prior to this was just you're not going to get arrested for this but now it's protected and so that's in keeping with all the other uh, 49 states in that we're protecting women who are making that choice to give their babies the optimum nutrition now having heard your <laughs> TED talk about two years ago uh-huh 
it makes me think that maybe you had something to do with that new law. Let me <laughs> ask you that question. I don't think so. It might have been something where I do think this is a, a national movement where oh, we're okay. seeing a return to um, really the the default, which is breastfeeding. And so just wanting to protect women who are making that choice and realizing that um, it just wasn't on the books to be protected. And so if there's a culture shift where people feel uncomfortable doing that, we people, I think, wanted to have legal protection to, to feel more comfortable. Okay. Joining. Great. Well, let's take our first break, and uh, we'll come back and continue the discussion. And we'd like for you to call in if you have questions, 692-1430, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. Thank you for listening today. We have some special in-guest studios, and we're talking about the breastfeeding initiative and the importance of breastfeeding. Uh, to all communities, but right now Brookings is particularly looking at this. We have Jen Anderson and Megan Lovacek. I keep wanting to so put the H in there. Okay, <laughs> forgive me. So it just, um, you know, we all t- always, I always talk about the advantages of exercise mm-hmm. to the body. I mean, and it goes on and on, including cancers and all these things that mm-hmm. people don't even think about. But the fact that you address the fact, uh, the, uh, the, the studies that have shown breastfeeding prevents Mm -hmm. in that baby Mm -hmm. leukemias and SIDS Mm -hmm. uh, and diabetes and obesity. Now, explain that a little bit further. Where where is the science, you two? Let's hear hear a little bit more about that. I mean, we can make claims, but where is the science? Um, Basically, it's the nutritional composition of the breast milk. And the, immuno- the immunological um, benefits that they get, you, you can't man-make those type things. You can't make that in formula. Or so man or, f- or female or make. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so, you know, I wish I had a list of, you know, the, the nutritional components that would maybe help to make that make a little bit more sense. But basically, you the certain things that you get in breast milk you can't make you can't make through formula um a couple please. things i would add so um and this i learned from our wonderful friend marilyn hildreth who is a lactation consultant and they are a wealth of knowledge on this issue as well is that one of the ways that it protects against sids is that breastfed babies wake more often at night sorry moms um, but they don't get into as deep of sleeps as you would with uh, formula so the babies are so um, tired they're in such a deep sleep that there's a greater risk of them um having having sits um and so when you're breastfeeding on demand and you're breastfeeding overnight the baby's waking you're checking on it it's not falling into as deep of a sleep that was part of the reason for that the other thing that i uh had learned from a WIC officer um or not officer but representative and WIC is also an excellent breastfeeding resource in town women infant children yes women infants and children um it's a national sponsored uh, program. Absolutely. Is that one of the ways that it protects against things like obesity or diabetes is that when you're um, breastfeeding, the baby is more likely to be able to stop eating when it's full. And so, you know, if you've got formula that's super expensive and you've got this whole bottle, you're like, oh, please finish this. I paid for this dearly. Right. Um, whereas when you're breastfeeding, you're like, oh, you're done. Thank God. Go to dad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so what happens in the baby's brain is that they're understanding hunger cues and cues of being full and what that looks like and so at a very early um, stage they're wow, understanding how that operates that was yeah. that's one of the explanatory mechanisms for All that right. 
Well, that, well, I'm sorry. I just want to say one of the reasons that babies wake up more often, like mm-hmm. you mentioned, with breastfeeding is because that food is so perfect yes, for them. Digest they it. digest that food very, very well. And it kind of just goes back to what is what is nature telling us? That's mm-hmm. the perfect food. Mm-hmm. And so babies digest that easily. Well, they wake up because they're hungry again. Mm-hmm perfectly normal and natural Absolutely. and the thing to the, the best thing to do for the babies if you can mm-hmm. well and I think uh, and I, I want to do a little diatribe on the value of the normal milieu of mm-hmm. the bugs in the world mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. uh, I'm just I just wrote an essay on acne mm. uh, acne rosacea in adults and acne vulgaris in juveniles mm-hmm. and uh, there is data to suggest that the well that the, the people in a modern world, mm-hmm. right, in a, an industrialized uh, world, have terrible acne, and mm-hmm. that children, juveniles in the third world, mm-hmm. in those undeveloped countries, mm-hmm. don't have acne. Hmm. And why would that be? The reason is uh, perhaps it's from the soap that we're using, and we're just so clean, and we've dried out all our nor- natural oil glands, and we're they're they're hypertrophying to try to make up for the oil that we've taken away mm-hmm. with the soap, but also because we've messed with our our normal flora. Mm-hmm. And you know, if you think about how important the normal flora is, I, 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 we don't realize how important that flora is. There are more. Um, Tiny bugs and bacteria mm-hmm. and yeast and mm-hmm. uh, fungus and all of the things that are microscopic in the world. There mm-hmm. are more of those cells on us, in us, mm-hmm. around us, part of us, than there are cells of human. So you're making the, the comparison or the, that the breastfeeding is that... On with the mom's breast, there the baby's exposed to the normal, natural. What, what do you think happens when a little baby crawls up on the belly of the mama mm-hmm. and is laying there, mm-hmm. and then from her skin mm-hmm. of her breast, uh, mm-hmm. she or he uh, wraps themselves around that mama's normal flora? Well, the normal mm-hmm. flora of the mama becomes the normal flora mm-hmm. of the baby very quickly. Yeah. Baby's perfectly sterile in that little sack of fluid that uh, uh, she or he is alive within the uterus. But once you burst out into the world, the mm-hmm. dirty, world, quote unquote, dirty world, well, the, the normal world, mm-hmm. uh, then a normal flora needs to be developed. I mean, and I always liken it to the grass on a lawn mm-hmm. or the prairie grass mm-hmm. that grows on the, uh, across the prairie. Mm-hmm. And if you kill the grass on that lawn, Mm-hmm. It isn't grass that comes back. It's weeds. Yeah. It's weeds that pop up. I mean, they just, they're there. And the most powerful uh, way to treat invading weeds, as we all know, is to make a lush lawn right. of, of uh, grass. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it was with the prairie. Um, there is some research that's... Uh, talking about what you're talking about it's looking at the microbiome of the that's the right word right. the microbiome <laughs> um, of the baby's stomach and digestive system and all of the like really small microscopic things that are in mom's milk that go into the baby's uh, body and so that that's creating a protective uh, layer I suppose uh, in their stomach and that kind of thing so that's part of what aids with like digestion and all of those uh, types of things well and it's not and just being protective about the um, infections and all that Right, right. It isn't <coughs> just the milk, too. It's right. the skin, skin of mom. Mm-hmm. 
it's the it's the uh, mom's microbiome and you, you know, know it also speaks to vaginal birth versus c-sections exactly we, we like for babies to have that experience of the exposure and the the normal germs and mm-hmm. uh, if you microbes can. if you can, if you can. certainly right. m- uh, c-sections are wonderful in a needed situation mm-hmm. but if we can do the Amen. natural then we want to do that as well but we can talk about c-sections uh right in south in brookings versus in the it's in the really rest low. of the world mm-hmm. uh do you know what the numbers are I uh, Jen? don't. I don't think you're like Joni. I know we're it's a lot twelve percent here, it's and it's twenty percent almost yeah. everywhere, or thirty percent elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And part of that is because people are rotating shift uh, 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 yep. delivering groups, G-Y-N. and they don't want to. They don't want to. They don't want to stay late. Stay up all night long, and you know, let it happen naturally, and it's a little easier. I mean, it's just that human nature mm-hmm. I, I mean I, I point a finger at who the GYNs or whatever it might be but it's human nature to want to have a decent night to sleep <laughs> and so on yeah. so that's what happens c-sections occur more frequently elsewhere not in Brookings I should say though mm-hmm. we have a remarkably beautifully wonderful low c-section <laughs> rate mm-hmm. that is because it's allowed to occur as naturally as possible here mm-hmm. because we got really quality people and I think that, you know, that actually t- talking about birth issues, that's where we started thinking about breastfeeding issues. This is where the that issue came up for our community. We, I had part, myself and other um, SDSU faculty had partnered with the Brookings Health System about their doula program. And then we said, well, what's your next step? What else would you like to see change in Brookings? And they said breastfeeding. Um, they were already working on becoming a baby-friendly hospital. And they're the only non-Indian uh, Health Services hospital in South Dakota to have that designation, which means that they do everything they can to help women get off on the right foot with breastfeeding. But they said, you know, it... it Women need more than just their medical professionals right after birth helping them to be able to breastfeed. And it's more than just having a lactation consultant. It's once you get that biological part figured out, okay, I know how to get the baby latched and I've got enough milk and we're, we're, we're going. If you return to work or if you want to go out in the community and shop, then that's where sometimes there's these structural barriers, these social barriers to continuing to breastfeed for as long as you and the baby would like. And that's why we've done this program. Let's talk about the social barriers. Is it better take a break? We Joy? better take our second break. And we again invite you to call us at 692-1430 if you have questions, and we'll be right back. Thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio. We're here talking about the breastfeeding initiative in Brookings and a lot of things about babies and, and the wonderful care that we have in Brookings. Um, can we talk a little bit about, you talked about the barriers that people can have. What is it that Brookings is doing and that the other communities in the state are uh, following or uh, maybe not following, but also, also doing, doing mm-hmm. um, to, to help mothers, help families with breastfeeding in the natural factors that go with that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, once you get over the um, biological barriers that you might have or challenges, one of the social barriers or challenges that women talked about in our focus groups was that they might not feel comfortable breastfeeding in public. And you know what was so fascinating? It wasn't that they felt uncomfortable doing it. They said, I, I feel comfortable. I know how to do it. I know I can do it in a way that is you know, modest or what have you. But they said, I'm afraid I'm going to make someone else uncomfortable. I'm afraid someone else around me is not going to be okay with this. And that is really what this initiative is about. It's yeah. it's not that mothers are, aren't able to do that or, or don't feel comfortable doing that or that it's something they shouldn't do. They absolutely should. And I think by and large, most people in our community don't aren't bothered by it. They're not concerned. But moms don't know that. 
and especially first-time moms they're kind of afraid and it's an isolating thing when you're home with your child breastfeeding and we just want to invite mothers to come out into the community patronize our businesses be a vital part of the community and when your baby is hungry feed it and that's really what this initiative is about is breaking down that barrier changing the culture and making it a non-event it shouldn't feel like it's a big deal to feed your baby when it's hungry now when you gave that ted talk Mm -hmm. uh, you you said that there are people who are not used to it and have spoken out against it and so on and so forth what what is that data and why is it that way i mean what can we do about those people (laughs) oh those people Yeah, Megan, go ahead yeah. and speak to that. You know, I think our goal, like, like Jen has said, is to culture change. We also want to reframe nursing in public. And so it's kind of just changing that viewpoint of breastfeeding being inappropriate or sexual mm-hmm. and changing that viewpoint to being that giving a mom praise and support because she's really trying to give her child a gift, which is the healthiest start to life. Mm-hmm. And so that's our goal is to help kind of change their mindset. And I think the more people see a mom nursing mm-hmm. and it's not covered up for or it's thought of as a shameful thing, the more open we will all be with it and the more welcoming people will become mm-hmm. through right. that. I think that's it. I mean, if you, the more it happens, the more it becomes just uh, the norm, the norm, yes. then it's a better deal. I, I, mm-hmm. I cover up is not the right word because we, of course we want the mom to cover up as in an appropriate manner. Sure. But you know, my point is yeah. you can do it right. in such a way that it is not at all. You can do it in a tasteful way. Mm-hmm. In a very tasteful way. As I saw you breastfeed your baby on stage on stage <laughs> in front of the ted group on this talk although i didn't know you were doing it until i realized halfway through by golly she's breastfeeding her baby <laughs> exactly that's what i was gonna say i bet many people listening have been around someone who was breastfeeding and you didn't even know and that's kind of the point that's is the that point. it doesn't you don't need to know and it doesn't need to be a whole event. And I also don't want moms to feel like that when they are breastfeeding that, you know, if they want to do that, they're making some kind of political statement and they have to make a stand and it's a whole, I don't want the pressure to be on them. I want us as a community to come around alongside them and support them with that um, best nutritional choice. So it is not a, Ooh, a sexy thing to do. No, it's a motherly (laughs) thing to do for the baby. Exactly. You know, not, not, don't get upset about this. Come on, you know, be part of the, the, the value of the baby because it's truly, Mm -hmm. truly helpful for that baby. Indeed. Um, so yeah, that's one of the barriers that we're working to address. And the other one is if mom returns to work, she can have a barrier in terms of having the time and the space that she needs to pump. So if she doesn't have that, her supply can go down. And then that means that she can't breastfeed for as long as she might uh, want to. It's a supply and demand issue. If you can't pump often enough, your and body you is, yeah, you're telling your body, I don't need this much milk and it doesn't create it anymore. So let's ask the, that that question. How long is it appropriate that a person would breastfeed I mean you know that's that's a that's a that's a huge question because there's a lot of different answers yes Yes, there are Um, the American Academy of Pediatrics their recommendation is to exclusively breastfeed for the first six months and then at six months to continue breastfeeding but to also add in um, baby foods complementary foods up until one and that's kind of the goal is to breastfeed through a year and then absolutely we want moms to feel that they can breastfeed longer than that if it's mutually desired by mom and Mm -hmm. baby and there are some studies that indicate you know worldwide and over uh, time that the natural age if you allow your child to wean themselves that the natural age of weaning is between two and six years old really Mm -hmm. that's interesting i mean i've i i knew of a woman whose daughter was still breastfeeding at six years really wow Mm -hmm. and 
you know, a lovely lady. Just mm-hmm. loved her, and I love her daughter, mm-hmm. who is not, you know, who is a, a person in our community. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And I think it's just one of those great things about a mom and a daughter, mm-hmm. or a mom and a child, mm-hmm. that is, it's a positive thing. Mm-hmm. Two to six years of age. You know, through the ages, when there wasn't enough food, you know, or ability as a baby to eat Mm -hmm. uh, or find food, and mom would at least always have the food. Mm -hmm. And breast milk is still nutritional. It just isn't their primary source of of nutrition. And that's another uh, barrier that this particular project isn't necessarily addressing, but sometimes moms feel like when they're breastfeeding an older child and extended breastfeeding, that that is when they get more looks or something you know because Guff. it's not as it's not as typical Guff. it just mm-hmm. isn't and so that's another uh that's something for a later project if <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i think it doesn't if, affect if as many people so. if mom is happy and baby is happy that's i think exactly. we need to support them that's so you're a pediatric person joni what's your comment about that late date oh I, the as long as you can nurse their baby is great if you're mm-hmm. comfortable and the baby's comfortable the ba- they're getting benefits now i just yeah n- now there's also this when a woman uh, has trouble or Mm -hmm. there's a lot of things pulling on her Mm -hmm. as the mama and she doesn't do it to to uh, six years or eight years of age (laughs) (laughs) you know and then there's guilt uh, address that a little bit would you please you know I think it's really important and that's something we want to make sure we make a point of for this project we never want a mom to feel guilty for using formula that's not the Mm -hmm. goal absolutely not it's a mother's choice if a mother um, cannot or chooses not to breastfeed we we don't want to make that mom feel guilty for this project our Mm -hmm. focus is for those moms that have chosen to breastfeed we want to help them meet their goals you know Mm -hmm. to make it more um, open in the community and for their employer to be supportive. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there we we never want a mom to feel guilty for a choice that she makes. That's of course, we want right. her to breastfeed because there are nutritional benefits. But if she chooses not to, we don't want her to feel bad for that choice. Okay, that's, absolutely that's a good right. way of putting it. Now, you talked about solid foods at six months, mm-hmm. and there's a lot said about cow's milk uh, uh, oh, yeah. at what age. You know, some people are saying now that instead of making people uh, get into milk allergies and problems with milk and cow al- uh, milk allergies uh, versus mer- milk intolerance, huh. which are two different things, that you start that milk earlier. I heard this from oh, an allergist okay. lately. Hmm. Uh, so I'm asking the dietitian, let's talk about what kind of foods to start at six months and at the end of your comments, maybe one comment about milk. Cow's milk. Okay. Um, Usually at six months, what we encourage is that you start with um, cereal. So some kind of rice or whole grain, oats, that type of thing. You mix it with the breast milk. Um, Or if you're doing formula, you you mix it with the formula. That's what you should start with. Um, Once they have had that for a couple weeks and they're doing well, then you can start adding in um, fruits and vegetables. What what we encourage to do, I used to work at the Wickoffs in Sioux Falls. What we always tell our moms to do is start with one type of fruit or vegetable Mm -hmm. first. Give it, um, you know, five to ten days. Make sure that baby is happy and healthy. Then move on to the next fruit or vegetable. Because you want to make sure they have time to know if there is an allergic reaction right. in between. Um, and then uh, absolutely meat can be introduced as well. But the same thing, you want to introduce one thing at a time so you can know if there is any allergic reaction. So the things that people don't eat enough of is really fruits and vegetables. Yeah. I, I would encourage people to, to make sure that when once you started the baby food, fruits and vegetables, that you would continue adult food, baby uh, fruits and vegetables. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. in their diets if you're the guiding force of the diet in that household. I mm -hmm. mean, I mean, sometimes it's the man, sometimes it's the woman. Mm -hmm. Most of the time it's a woman. Mm -hmm. I was telling uh, our family the story of an adorable kindergarten physical yesterday with a little guy. And when I asked, you know, what kind of foods do you normally eat? His, his top three were cheese, pizza, and ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> and when I asked him about vegetables, he just had, had this no blank look on his face. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, oh dear, we do need a little education in this oh family. <laughs> Cream. <laughs> yeah, so we do certainly we want from the time children start their vegetables and their fruits, we want them to continue those as well. Mm. You and know, when we talk about mm. micronutrients and we talk about nutritious things, you know, there's yeah. no question about it. Everybody always talks about, oh, what's the best food to keep from getting obese? What's the best food to get for nutrition? What kind of supplements do you need? And the, the answer is you need to eat fruits and vegetables. Yeah. Five yeah. fruits a day. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, fruit and vegetables. Yeah. Uh, let's say that again. Fruits and vegetables. <laughs> and then, of course, you can exercise. <laughs> <laughs> now, I did pull a little bit of data. Rick, we had talked earlier about breast cancer connection with breastfeeding. I can go into that or we can leave it off? No, let's say it quickly. Very quickly. Um, we ha there's a lower breast uh, cancer risk when you breastfeed for greater than a year and and why is that well the mom is often having fewer menstrual cycles which is decreasing the estrogen level um, often when people are breastfeeding they're eating better mm -hmm. because they're wanting to support the baby so there's less cancer risk when you're eating appropriately and then uh, th when you're breastfeeding the breast sheds some tissues and this helps to remove cells that have potential DNA damage and so those are some of the things that the National Cancer T Institute mentions as some of the preventative or the helpful uh, benefits of breastfeeding. Um, and then they do talk about the longer you breastfeed, the greater the benefit. There's a 4% reduction in breast cancer f if a woman breastfeeds um, a combined breastfeeding for over a year. So with multiple children, if they're, they're combined that breastfeeding for over a year, they have a 4% reduction. And it doubles over t if you are breastfeeding over two years in a lifetime. Mm -hmm. So there, there is benefit uh, to breastfeeding in preventing breast cancer. And I do want to add before we run out of time that we do have SDSU students going out to businesses next week and the following week to personally invite businesses to become breastfeeding friendly. So for them to sign the pledge to say, yes, we support customers and we support employees in terms of uh, breastfeeding. Also, another important part of that is by taking the pledge, the businesses saying that they will put up a window cling that says breastfeeding welcome here. So then customers and employees know but when they see that sign that that business is breastfeeding friendly. And you can learn more about it at healthysd.gov slash breastfeeding. Well, that's a, the SDSU and South Dakota State Health cooperative mm -hmm. uh, effort to try to encourage these kinds of things. And Brookings Health System and the Chamber of Commerce. Yes. There we go. See, and we've got all <laughs> these people supporting it. What I'm in favor of breastfeeding. I've often said this, mm -hmm. and it and just because I'm a guy and mm -hmm. uh, we're normally interested in in breasts, <coughs> not go there, right? So, Bob, sorry, but anyway, I do think that it's important that this effort is supported, and I I I, mm -hmm. I thank you very much. I want to remind people that tomorrow night at uh, 7 o'clock South Dakota Public Broadcasting will be showing another uh, live show of On Call with the Prairie Doc and tomorrow night we have two dermatologists the famous Jim McGrand and another one uh, John Walner from 
uh, Iowa and uh, Louis Hogriff, who is a family physician and also a hospitalist uh, and a hospital administrator at this point, uh, will be on and we're going to be doing it from the Vermilion SDPB uh, Broadcasting Center because I'll be down there for a fraternity reunion and uh, USD And all of reunion. these docs are fraternity brothers. These are fraternity brothers of mine and of course you know that we will not have gone to any of the bars or anything before the show. <laughs> Uh, but we're primarily going to be there with, and it'll be a fun show because these are dear, dear friends and fraternity brothers. Louis, I haven't seen in a long, long time, so it'll be a great time. I really want you to, you guys, to see the show. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and we'll be back next week with Prairie Doc Radio. Thank you for listening, and uh, tune in next week. Thank you, uh, Megan, and thank you, Bob. Stay healthy out there. Please.